0: Alright, good day, Jensen. Welcome to another episode of Father's Fire. My name is Judy Cedric, and every week, as you know, we get together to explore the joys, the challenges, the triumphs, the sorrows, and yes, the fun of being a dad. And, uh, you know, of late, it's been all work. You know, I went on the anniversary trip, now I'm back, and it's work mode. My partner, Rob Pusey's like cracking the whip, get things done, and so... All right, so I'm super excited because um, I have a guest today from across the pond. Um, I've had one other guest across the pond. He was from Scotland. This guy is actually from England, so his name is Richard Hutchins. Welcome, good morning, Hi. good evening, good afternoon, wherever you're at. <laughs> yeah, 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 good evening. It's now um, yeah 6 p.m.,
1: so yeah, good morning to you and good evening to us.
0: Yeah, no, it's awesome. You know, it's it's so fun um, getting to know people both, you know, locally, but, you know, with social media and the, yep. the industry that you and I are in, we tend to be interact with people globally. And, you know, it's so fun to be able to have both business sc- discussions, but also build personal relationships with sure. people, you know, using social media, getting in front of people, and as I was telling you um, prior to us getting online, one of the things that has really drawn me to you in particular um, is the relationship that I see with you and your wife. I mean, it is just spot on. You can tell that there's a not only love, but there's a relationship, a connection, a friendship. And you guys are business partners too. And so let's, let's bounce there because you and your wife own a company called the Leather Repair Company. So if you guys that are listening that are detailers, you gotta get connected with Richard Hudgens because not only does he have the expertise and the talent and the know how and the products, um, he's uh, just a great guy to work with him and his wife. So, so let's talk about, first of all, let's talk about being in business with your wife, because I know there's a lot of people that do that, and mm-hmm. they kind of struggle and they bounce <laughs> and they succeed. So let's talk about how that's been fun or challenging or a mess.
1: <laughs> it's been all of it. To be fair, um, yeah, it's it's very challenging. Um, obviously, because you are, you know, obviously she's my wife, she's my best friend, you know, and she's everything, you know, and it's and you're trying to work when things are going wrong at work, you're trying to work with that person as well, which makes it very, very, very difficult. So, yeah, I mean, we've had challenges, but we've always overcome them and, you know, moved on. You know, it's... You've got to, because if you didn't, then you are going to have a... You know, the business is going to fail. The relationship is going to fail. You're going to lose everything. So we... It is a very special bond, um, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, there's, you know, the amount of times we... You know, everybody, know matter... I, I think if someone tells you that they're married and they don't ever have arguments, I, I would say they're probably lying. I mean, everybody has some form <laughs> of an argument at some stage. Um, yeah. You know, we we have our you know disagreements. We have our arguments. We we've had blazing rows in the past, but you know we we bounce back. You know that we. I don't know. There's just something there. It's just there's a very special bond. You know, and it's it's when you've had the argument. You know, it's like all of a sudden it's you know you like cuddling and makeup and it's all forgotten about and you know you're back to normal it's it's weird i don't know it's just like you're sort of like venting your anger and all of a sudden it's gone and like going outside and shouting and screaming and getting rid of that anger and you're back to normal again it's yeah it's weird but it i I can't put my finger on it it's if if somebody that's got a partner you know whether you're a male partner or a female partner you know matter. I hate the word gay or lesbian. I don't like that. You know, it, to me, it's like you're a husband yeah, or a wife, yeah. no matter what you are. I, I think calling someone a lesbian or a gay is derogatory, in my opinion. Um, you know, if you've got a if you're a male with a male partner, then you, you've got to make sure that you've got to be very open with your relationship and make that bond work, you know, and it, it can work and it can be exceptionally good and exceptionally exciting for your business as well. If you can make that work, it really can.
0: Yeah. You know, I think one of the things that couples really struggle with is they have a tendency to hold on to those moments that are not the best for either one of them. Yeah. Right. And so I think one of the things that makes your relationship really strong and powerful in my relationship is that we recognize that in those moments that it's just a moment. And we can hold on to that and we can hold it against other people instead of just going, you know what? I was not at my best at yep. that moment. She yep. was not at the best, but at the core, I love her and yep. I'm going to do what is necessary to make this relationship flourish.
1: Mm. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it is. And that that's what it boils down to. It is, it is the, you know, it is that love that you have for your partner and it you've got to, I don't know it's got to be very deep love you know it's it's I don't know it's difficult to sort of put my finger on what it is but it's I don't know it's I don't know it's it's, it's very strange you know we're just inseparable you know it's it, I hate being apart from her she hates being apart from me what so she says but she's probably having a whale of a time she's just been to, <laughs> <laughs> she's just been to Malta after we got back from America so she was in Malta on her own for a week and she was thinking because our daughters sort of both of them are grown up now, one's 25 and the other's 20, that she was thinking, you know, this is the last time she's going to have a holiday together with our youngest daughter. And while she was there, you know, she was like, do you know what? Nah, I'm going to do this again. Because she, like she said, she, she didn't use a phone. She tried to stay off her mobile. She lost every connection to do with the business and just stayed away and just totally recharged, you know, and had a good time. And so yeah, it's you, you need that time as well. Sometimes you need that time apart, you know, as well.
0: Yeah, I think that is a really key point because my wife this week actually is heading off to Mexico with a girlfriend. Yeah. Right? And I think a lot of couples don't give each other space sure. yeah. to explore and be themselves and be with their friends. Mm. And having that space away creates a, an opportunity for them to grow and to develop, to retouch, reconnect with themselves. But it also provides an opportunity for them to reconnect with you, especially when they come back. It's like, oh, you know what? I really love this relationship. I've loved the getaway, but at the core, I love being together. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about, um, I mean, I, you know, being a dad. I mean, you have two beautiful Girls, Good. right? Yep, Both daughters, absolutely. right? Yeah. Yep. And so you've had not only the joy of being a dad, but being in particular a girl dad, because it is different yep. being a dad of girls than a dad of boys. So yep. let's talk about that adventure of being a dad to two girls.
1: Yeah, it's um very difficult. Obviously, three women in the house makes it very, very difficult. <laughs> one man. Um, hence, why I've now got no hair. Um, I did have a full head of hair when I met my wife. <laughs> so it's it yeah it's very you know I have a very good relationship with my daughters um you know a lot of fathers don't have that sort of relationship um you know when they're you know the sort of women are sort of you know what I call coming of age and sort of periods and things are starting you know they talk to me about that they were very open about their relationship um you know which I was quite touched with because I didn't think they would um but they trusted me they trusted mum you know and they spoke to me about it you know what do we do and I'm like well Christ I really don't know I'm not a I'm not a girl, um, but, you know, speak to <laughs> mum, um, you know, but thanks for telling me because they were like, who do I trust? Who do I talk to dad? You know, and it's, it was very difficult. So obviously to me, not knowing that experience, I had, I didn't know anything about it, you know? So obviously I'm go- going to Carolyn it's like, Crystal wants to talk to you. She spoke to me about this. And she's like, wow, that's amazing. She spoke to you about that rather than me. And I'm like, yeah, I don't really know, you know, cause we had this, you know, we were very close. We were, I mean, my daughters were coming to us with car shows all around the UK. So we were always very, very close, you know. Um, And obviously, Crystal, our eldest, was our first daughter. And when she was born, she was in intensive care. Um, You know, she was quite poorly. So there was one point where she went into hospital. And I didn't tell my wife until it was all over. But it was very, very serious. We didn't know whether she was actually going to live or not. When she was about three or four years old, she got um, real bad breathing problems. She had like asthma, but didn't have asthma. Um, it was really strange, and she was on so much um, oxygen levels that was like five times the amount that an adult would normally go on, um, and they said if it continues like this, we're going to lose her. And I'm like, you cannot tell my wife. She's already literally beside herself of it as it is, and I didn't actually mm. tell Carolyn until about probably 12, 15 years later. Um, wow. And, and I just had to keep that secret because I didn't want her to know that she could have potentially have lost a daughter, you know, when she was only like three or four years old. So it was, you know, I sort of kept that from her and told the nurses and doctors not to tell her. So, you know, but obviously it was, it was difficult because obviously the last thing I wanted it was for, the, you know, to lose my daughter at three years old, you know? Um, and now she's grown up and she's now a biomedical scientist and wants to cure all nasty diseases in the world, like cancer and everything else, you know, and she's doing great. And she's been working her butt off through COVID and doing COVID testing and things like that which it wasn't what she was trained to do but she's jumped in and said i want to do this i want to help um you know she's got all her degrees as a scientist and things and yeah totally different to what i thought she was ever going to be um wow you know and she, she loves you know she's a she loves animals and things and she was meant to be getting married in obviously 2020 but covid it got cancelled then she wanted 21 and no so it's this november she's getting married um we know which is quite good and then she's going on a honeymoon to thailand and things and she's going of all places to in thailand she's going to 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 feed the elephants she's absolutely bizarre she's not bothered about the fact that she's going to thailand and you know into a foreign country she's like i'm going to feed elephants dad and i'm gonna like, what are you going to feed elephants for on your honeymoon oh this is great i'm mucking them out and i'm feeding elephants and i'm like you're mucking out elephants and feed and feeding them um, but she's absolutely over the moon with it, you know. So, which is great. So, but I mean, yeah, it is, yeah. I mean, being a dad of two girls is it's, yeah, it's very precious. It's great. It's good.
0: Well, there's a, there's an underlying thing there that I think is all men relate to as dads, right? That you carried the load on, in your heart and on your shoulders and in your spirit. That your your daughter wasn't doing real well, mm. and While that, that can be a really good thing, right? Because we're trying to protect our, our, the queen of our heart, but it's also, it puts a load on us emotionally. Mm. Right. And I think a lot of men don't know when to do that Mm. and when not to do that, Yeah. because certainly there's a place where you go, Hey honey, I need to talk to you. We have a serious challenge here, or we had a serious challenge but I think some men carry everything on their back and in their heart that they don't provide an opportunity for them to really connect with their wife and walk through that challenge together.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So how did you, how did you deal with that internal load on your heart going, Oh man, my daughter's, she could not be with us.
1: Yeah, it was very difficult. Um, I don't know i i just had to be strong you know and deal with it all um and deal with everything and it's the same it's like when they moved out you know when crystal moved out it wasn't so bad because we still had the youngest daughter living um you know with us and it, it was it was it, like with the youngest one eloise it happened so quick you know and she sort of left school she didn't want to go to university she was a bit like me you know she left school didn't want to go to university um and we didn't really know what she was going to do. We always thought, you know, she's like, oh, I always want to have a yacht and I want a Mercedes or white convertible Mercedes with the red interior. And my argument always was daddy ain't buying it. You got, it. If, you it, <laughs> uh, you know? if you want it, go out and earn it. It's very, very simple. You, you've got to go and earn it because it, it, nobody's going to give you it. You've got to go and earn it. You know, or, or find yourself some very wealthy man and go and earn it. You know, it's very, very simple. You <laughs> there's, there's got to be a way around doing it, you know, but cause I ain't going to buy it. You know, if, I was taught to make my own money. Um, you know stand by myself and that's what you got to do and that's what we've done with our girls is you know brought them up to understand the value of money and respect others um but it was i don't know it was very very difficult i've just i don't know it's um i guess it's just the way I was brought up the way of you know the way I handled it um it's just sort of being around i don't know but being brought up in the sort of you know I was obviously born in 68 so I went through a lot of period where, you know, my family didn't have TVs and stuff like that, you know, and when we did get our TV, it was a black and white one and things. And that was, you know, we used to listen to radio. So, I mean, I was sort of brought up around a lot of things that were, you know, we had water shortages, we were on standpipes where we couldn't get water, we couldn't get baths and stuff, you know, so we'll get a shower. So, I mean, I was brought up on a very, I don't know, some people could call me very tough hearted, you know, Um, but it's, it's it's difficult to describe how I coped, you know, I don't know. It's very, very, Yeah. I, I just managed, you know, I think it's just through getting failures myself that made me quite sort of resilient to that sort of side of it and being, seeing relations die when I was quite young and, you know, like six and seven and eight years old, sort of dealing with that sort of death side of it, quite a young age. Um, Cause my, I was quite close to my grandparents and I was, you know, obviously lost them when I was quite young. Um, so it made me quite resilient to sort of how to cope, you know, with my heart so far as that was concerned with my
0: children Mm. yeah i love that you said if you want a white mercedes a red interior and a yacht you got to go earn it yeah oh you got it because judy and i've had the same mentality i've i i made all of my kids buy their first car you know they they wanted a trampoline as a kid, I mean, really little kids, and I'm like, all right, well, you know what? I'll do this for you. I'll pay for half the trampoline, but you gotta earn half the money first. And I've told them all, if you wanna go to college or you wanna go to acting school or whatever, you know, I'll be your biggest fan and I'll help you when you get in a pinch and you always have a place to rest your head and and be safe and don't have to worry about food, but you're gonna go earn it, right? You're gonna pay the price to get that education. Because I think there's real value in teaching your kids that, man, if you want something, go pay the price to get it.
1: Exactly. Yep. Oh, yeah, they've got it. That's exactly what they've got to do. And it's like my youngest daughter said, you know, what is this garbage they're teaching me at school? Because I don't need to know what's gone on 100 years ago, Dad. I want to know what's going on today. You know, and that that was like, that's why I left school, you know, because I, I walked out of school at 14, um, no education, no exams, no qualifications. And my headmaster turned around to me and he said, Hutchins, You are going to be a dropout. You're going to be in trouble with the police before you're even 16 years old. He said, you're going to be in prison for the rest of your life. No problem. We'll we'll, we'll deal with that when we cross that bridge. If that happens, we'll deal with it. (laughs) I I went back to him when I was 18 years old. I flew in from Boston, jumped into my Mercedes 500 SEL, and drove to school for a reunion. And I'd managed to arrange all the press to come round because we knew the press quite well. Um, Got all the press there. And when I sort of put my thumbs up, I stood there and shook my headmaster's hand because um, I was going to dinner that night in London at the at Harrods and things with some very high flying guests that were coming in to look at buying Harrods, the Hamad al Fayed and things, and I that stood there, shook his hand, and we got on the front page of all the newspaper. Yeah, uh, school dropout flies in from Boston and meets headmaster again. <laughs> Happy days. So I just, yes! yeah, I literally, you know, I, I, my mum was in tears because she was like, the headmaster hated all of us at school, and she was like, that's the best present anybody could ever have given me for my whole life because you have just humiliated that man like he humiliated you and your brothers all their life he said you've literally just done it in a single swoop but not only have you done it you've put it in the newspapers you got it on the front page of everything (laughs) school dropout appears he said and the best thing of all was all the kids stood next to him which all left school with like a levels and o levels in england which is like the highest grade you can get which is like just off a degree they none of them had jobs they couldn't get jobs, <laughs> but this school dropout that left at fourteen with no education—that's
0: <laughs> brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> that's brilliant, and and and, it, and it's an important. Day. Well, and it's important lesson. I was having this very discussion earlier in the week. Now, in the states here, we have such a strong emphasis on getting a college education. Mm-hmm. That we've neglected and diminished and even put our thumbs down on the trades. Yep. And some people aren't meant to go to college. No. And yep. it's okay, right? Yep. So instead of pushing them in a direction that they don't want to go. In fact, I remember very clearly, my son was you know, going to college here. He was three years into a four-year degree. And he came to me and he said, Dad, I want to go to Europe and I'm like okay he goes no he goes I want to leave school early and go to Europe you know at least for 8 to 12 weeks and I'm like and on the back of my head I'm going you only have 1 year left I mean you're almost to the finish line yeah. but but rather than voice what was in my head I'm like you know what go take the adventure Because you don't know what doors you're going to open, what experiences you're going to have by, you know, by not taking this venture that's obviously being pulled into your heart. And I'm telling you, and I told them, I go, you can always come back and finish a year. I mean, what? Yeah, big deal. Exactly. Right. So he went off, and his plan was to go for eight weeks. He ended up like sixteen weeks, taking the train <laughs> and bus- yep. busking and doing, having all these amazing adventures. But he ended up meeting someone that ran a clothing company that traveled the music festival circuit all through okay. the United hey, States. Yeah. To built the relationship with her and ended up becoming her buyer that allowed him to go to Thailand and Vietnam and buy. He would have never had that experience or exposure because he's stuck in school.
1: Yep, and that's exactly what I had with going to America with the guy that, um, it was a family friend of ours and they owned like nine tenths of Knightsbridge in London, which was like billions of dollars worth of property. Um, And the son of the father that I knew, um, he had a collection of 150 classic cars and obviously all came, most of them were American cars. A lot were English. And I was given the opportunity when I was 14 to go to America. Obviously I couldn't travel because I had to get permission from my parents. My dad was like, look, son, I know you don't, my dad was a landscape gardener. He's like, I know you don't like flowers and plants. If you like cars go. And I'm like, mum won't let me go. And he's like, I'll, I'll speak to mum. And she was like, he's not going. I'm not losing my son at 14. I'm like, no, Mum, I'm going. (laughs) And in the end, um, I just packed all my cases. I came downstairs and I said, you're signing this now, this letter, or I'm going to leave anyway. I I, I said, I'm sorry, but I want to go out and I want to, I want to get real life adventure. I said, school, I've quit school. I've walked out today. And in the end, she just signed the letter in a ball of tears and just said, there you go. And, I signed it and I got this opportunity to go to America and met some of the most amazing people <clears throat> that you could possibly ever meet. Like all the guy, like Richie Klein, um, you know, from the Imperial Palace Museum and things like that. Um, Ralph Englehart, um, you know, I was just so many people. Um, John Frank and I, I'm a French Connection producer, 52 Pickup. Um, so many guys I met. Tom Monaghan, Domino's Pizza. I mean, I'm there with him in Hershey, walking around Hershey in various shows and, um, I've got all the guys from Cruise Auctions. I mean, and that just gave me so much. And I mean, I'm in the middle. I mean, and this is where I sort of I, I sort of got my balls, so to speak. Um, I'm in the middle of an auction in Tulsa, Oklahoma, Jimmy Lake's auction. And Jimmy, we knew quite well. And Dean Cruz has stood upon the podium, and there's all these cars coming up. And every time we walked in, he was called Richard, and I was called Richard. And being typical American, he liked to call us Dick. Um, So, of course, Richard was quite big and I'm quite small. You can imagine what's coming, can't you? Um, So Dean would shout out over the podium, over the microphone, the minute he saw us in front of like 30-odd thousand people, here's Big Dick, Little Dick from London, England, and I'm sure in more ways than one. Hey, Little Dick, come up on the podium and say hi. And there's this 14-year-old kid. Oh, my God. Everybody's staring at me, walking up to the podium, to stand on the podium. Hey, Little Dick, how you doing? And I'm like, yeah, I'm cool, thanks. How are you? <laughs> so <laughs> it sort of um, gave me a lot of life experiences, and and then Dean's like, "Hey, you know, do you want to drive the cars on the podium?" I'm, I've never, I don't even have a driving license. I've never driven before, and I, that's where I sort of got my passion to get into the cars, and that's where I started to learn the leather side of things. Obviously, it was Maguire's going around all the auctions, then sort of guys sort of showing me how to buff cars and things with rotors and stuff, and. You know, or, or in those days, an angle grinder with a buffer head on the head, um, you know, because yeah. it was quite. quite. So it was, that's <laughs> where I got all my experiences, you know, and, and that is so valuable to me. And I couldn't have learned that at school. These guys teaching me, you know, Tom Monaghan talking to me about how he's running his business and his pizza empire. And Jerry J. Moore and, you know, from Texas, how he's running his massive em- you know, property empire and building supermarkets and buying, you know, ro- Duesenberg after Duesenberg, million dollars at a time. And I'm up in Jerry's penthouse flat in Vegas when, you know, in Reno when all the auction was on. With, and it was just phenomenal meeting these guys. And the experience that I got, I couldn't have had by staying in education at school. I got real life experience how to run businesses from these guys that are billionaires, you know, and yeah. that was such a an amazing gift and i i cannot thank them enough ever i mean it's, it's those guys that i owe my life to because i mean they made me who i am today they made me who i am to be with my wife and everything because they taught me you know these, these guys were most of them were orphans you know and yeah it's just so oh, it's amazing how they've transformed their life and that just taught me so much
0: when you think about the courage that had to be in your mom's heart yeah Oh, yeah. to go against every fear and concern in her heart to sign that paper to give her boy the freedom yep. to go pursue that dream we as parents i think a lot of times especially in the states we get in this mindset that our kids need to take a certain path yep instead of allowing them the freedom to pursue and discover who they are and in the process discover an amazing world an amazing exactly. opportunity for a career or meeting people because what she did was she gave you the freedom to put yourselves in circles of success Yep.
1: and that's exactly what i did and that's exactly what they did for me that's exactly what happened you know and that's why like with my girls when they've said. Like with Eloise, you know, she was like, Dad, I don't want to go to, you know, to college and get a degree. Are you going to be mad at me? And I'm like, do whatever you want to do. Do whatever you want to do. You know, we're going to be with you no matter what. We're going to be here always. There's always, a, you know, there's always a roof over your head here. Like you said, with your kids, you know, there's always a, you know, there's always a pillow here to lay on. There's always a roof over your head. Just do what you want to do. You know, we'll be there to help you. We'll be there to guide you. You know, if it goes wrong, you know we'll help you pick the pieces up. We're not going to bail you out, but we'll help you get the pieces picked up because you've got to learn. But just do what you want to do, and that's exactly what she's done. She's now—I I don't know how again how she's managed to do it. She came out of school. You know, she'd done. You know, she didn't do brilliantly. She did okay, um, and she's now managed to get herself a job in a school, working in a school in like finance. Um, and she she hated maths, and now she's in finance, doing all like <laughs> that sort of sort of things, and it's amazing. Um, and she's done absolutely brilliant, you know, and she's and she's loving it, you know, and she and she's it's great.
0: How, <laughs> how she's done it, I don't know.
1: And again, it's just because we've brought them up almost with that business ethic. You know, I had my girls when Crystal must have been, you know, the oldest. She must have been, I don't know, maybe 11 years old, 12 years old at the most. And Eloise is like five years younger. Um, we had them polishing cars out in the middle of showgrounds in england in the middle of summer we we used to import mother's polish so we, we would go and they would be there these these two little wee girls would be polishing cars in the middle of a showground. and we had one guy come up to us and he's like how good is this mother's polish I said, i'm like mother's is the best in the world i said i wouldn't use it myself if it wasn't the best and he's like how good is it i said well i'll tell you what is this good my two girls stood here they're going to come and polish your car for you and they're going to show you how good this product is and they're like he's like I've just had a 30,000 pound, you know, talking like $50,000 paint job restoration done on this car. He said, What's going to happen if they ruin it? I said, They won't ruin that car. They know exactly what they're doing, you know. And, and uh, Crystal Eloise would have been sort of like six years old. And he's like, She's a baby. I'm like, She's good. Trust me, she's good. I just said, Here you go, Eloise. You take the the cloth, the buff off, Crystal. You put the polish on. That's the pad. Don't drop it. If you drop it, come back and get another one. You know the score. She's like, "Yep, we know, Dad. Don't worry." And I'm like, "Don't forget, it's baking hot sunshine." I said, "Eloise, hey, you know what you got to do when she's polishing." She's like, "Yeah, I'll hold the rag up, Dad. Don't worry to to stop the sun from where I put the poli- where Crystal puts the polish on." Go do it. They came back about twenty minutes later with this guy, and he's like, "How many pot- bottles of this stuff do you have?" I said, "Oh, I've got probably got a hundred here." He said, "Oh, I don't need that many." He said, "But I tell you what." Them two girls are absolutely awesome. He said, I want at least 10 bottles right now.
0: That's brilliant. That's
1: brilliant. But, you know, we gave them life experience skills, you know, and they were stood there at six years old selling polish and leather care products to people at six and 11 and 12 years old, selling bottles of products to people at a show. You know, and they weren't frightened to talk to people. They were like, I'm shy. I'm like, no, you talk to them. You've got to, anything you want in life, you've got to have that guts to stand up and say, I want it and talk to people. And that's what we've taught them. And that's exactly what they do. And they're not frightened to tell me either when I'm wrong. (laughs) (laughs) And
0: and that's brilliant, right? They've been raised to have a voice. They've been raised to have confidence in themselves to go, you know what? I can move in the world in any circles because my dad and mom put me in a place where I learned how to do that. Yep. exactly. So... So looking back, so in, in final wrap up, because you and I can keep going. I mean, it's it's so much fun. I want to I be respectful <laughs> of your time. So, so looking back, what, what have you discovered about yourself as being a dad? And what do you think is critical for other dads to do in their family?
1: I think what have I discovered about myself as being a dad? Um, it certainly made me a very different person. Um, it certainly put a lot of responsibilities on you having kids, that's for sure. Um, whereas before I've been, I'm still quite blase about things. It's um, it sort of worries Carolyn sometimes when she's like, you can't, we can't take this deal on. And I'm like, no, 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 we'll take the deal on. Then we're going to fathom out how we're going to work it. Um, that's the sort of way I've been brought up. I'll always take the deal and then fathom out how I'm going to make it work. Um, and But w- when the kids sort of came along, it was almost sort of like backpedalling because it's like I've got, not just one person to care for. Now my wife, I've obviously got three, you know, I've got two, two babies to care yeah. for. Um, and it, it's still like I call them my little girls or I call them my babies, even though she's 25 and she's like, dad, I'm not a baby anymore. And I'm like, no, but you always will be my baby. Even when you're 50, you're going to be my baby. Yep. You know, if I'm still alive, you're still going to be my baby, you know? And, and then that's the way it's going to be. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's a special bond, you know, it's sort of brought, it made, especially when Carolyn was pregnant. It's amazing how defensive you come towards people and how protective you come and become towards her when other people are around, where people are maybe not quite realising and they're sort of like barging by, and you become very, very, very protective over your partner. Um, especially when she's carrying your baby, you know. It's and, and then when they're born, it's I don't know. It's it's like I've got pictures, almost a bit like Lion King, stood on the mountain, you know, with Mustafa looking out over the. I I've, I've got pictures of me like stood there like this with my girls. you know it's really weird um you know like the sort of king with his you know his new sort of queens arriving um you know it's it's really weird but I mean it's it certainly taught me to be a, a a very different person and have a lot more sort of respect for life for sure definitely and i think giving a father advice i think is is talk to your children talk to your kids get to know them um you know, I, I've made a lot of mistakes. Obviously, you know, growing up with my kids and not being there when I should have been, um, you know, which I regret, and I can't do anything about it. You know, they're, they're growing up now, and I can't go back in time. Um, you know, you just got to try to make the best of what you've got now. You know, and that's how it goes. You know, we all sort of screw up somewhere, and I, you know, to me, it was just work, 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 and then all of a sudden, it's like, wow, she's leaving home. When am I going to see her yeah. at school? You know, with school days and stuff, and all of a sudden, it's gone, and it's like I can't ever do that. Um, so yeah. it's. I would say make sure, especially in England, we have what they call sports day. So during certain terms of our year, we're, when it's like at the end of the term, we'll have a sports day where the kids do all sorts of sports activities at school. Um, and I didn't go to those always, and I wish I had a done. And I didn't go because I was, never had that privilege of my parents coming to me because, again, they were working class people um, and they never came to my sports day. So because for them it was different because it was quite miles from school from where I was from home, um, whereas here we can walk to school. But I would say if you've got that opportunity, be with your kids as much as you possibly can. Because once they're grown up, you will, without a doubt, regret it if you don't do it. Without a doubt, is speak to your kids, be with your kids, even if it's like I want. Like I always make a point at Christmas time. We sort of got out of the habit at the moment with Crystal growing up, but every time at Christmas, I'd go out with my two girls just before Christmas Day, and we'd go shopping with my girls. They'd all have a hundred pounds each, and we'd buy them presents. And they'd buy mum presents and I'd buy mum presents as well. And I'd go out and I'd have a meal with them and I'd sit down with just my two girls, you know, and then Carolyn would do the same with the girls, you know, and, and we, all, we did that as they were growing up. And we did that every single year, um, you know, unless there was years we couldn't afford it. And then they would understand, you know, it's like we can't do it this year, can we, Dad? Because I know money's tight. You know, And this is like a 12 year old girl telling me, you know, and, we, and I'm like, no, we yeah. can't. And she's like, it's OK. Don't worry. We did it last year. It's cool. We'll do it again next year. You know, and, and that, you know, wow, <laughs> you know, gets to your heart. You know, when you've got kids at like 12 years old t- telling you that, that they know you haven't got the money to do it. Because, I mean, you know, we've had our ups and downs with, like we do with everything. You know, and now we're sort of like, you know, spearheading like, you know, multimillion dollar companies and it's it, it, things are different. But we still have tough times now, you know, but I would yeah. say talk to your kids, be with them a lot more than what I was without a shadow of a doubt because they grow up so quick.
0: I love that. Well, I want to thank you for taking the time to visit with me. I I love your energy. I love your your story. I love your passion and love for your kids and your wife and and, and you know, there's guys, you in fact, I'm going to go back and listen to this again because I think there's so many nuggets in there and and I think a lot of times we don't put our Put ourselves and our children in a place to take advantage of opportunities, of experiences. Yeah. And that's really what life's about is like, how do we grow? How do we become? And you've obviously created an environment where your kids can thrive and discover who they are. So, yeah. they guys, I want to think. I can say they've go
1: full-time go go jobs and they both own their own businesses. So, we've taught them something, right?
0: Yes, you <laughs> have. So, yeah. Guys tapping in, thank you so much for joining me every week. Please go out to Facebook, connect with Richard Hutchins, that's H-U-T-C-H-I-N-S. Um, he owns the leather the leather repair company with his wife. They are a phenomenal company. I mean, if you're in the detailing world, you got to get connected with them. And if you just want to connect on a personal level, these guys are above board. I mean, straight up. So thank you again. Nice. Yeah, thank you so much for joining me. And guys, tuning in, please remember to like, share, and subscribe. And we will check you same time, same bad channel just next week. See ya! Thank you, guys.